98K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Pierre Tremblay. The headlines, the Urban Renewal Authority unveils plans for one of the city's oldest districts. Police investigate claims that two Saudi sisters were intercepted by Saudi consular staff at the Hong Kong International Airport while trying to flee to Australia. Designing Hong Kong's Paul Zimmerman says a recent public consultation on private sports clubs should have focused on how relevant they are for Hong Kong. And Deputy Police Commissioner Winnie Chu is formally appointed to take over as ombudsman from April. The Urban Renewal Authority has announced redevelopment plans for part of one part of Hong Kong's oldest city of one of Hong Kong's oldest districts, Kowloon City. The project, expected to finish in around 10 years' time, affects about 670 households and 40 shops in Kaitak Road and Sapo Road. The development will include a split-level sunken plaza linking to Kaitak through an underground shopping thoroughfare. The authority's planning and design director, Wilfred Au, says they also want to upgrade some of the facilities in the area and make it better for pedestrians. We aim to provide a public car park of less than 300 car parking space for the public to use. Um, besides, we hope with the provision of the car park, we can later on talk to uh, the government to see whether we can have the opportunities to widen some of the pavement. Mr. Al says they haven't been able to. The urban. Mr. Al says they haven't been able to reach an estimated cost yet because they haven't completed a survey to check on the number of households and the status of the buildings affected. Hong Kong police are following up on allegations that two Saudi sisters have been intercepted by a Saudi consular staff at Hong Kong International Airport while trying to flee to Australia. The two fled to Hong Kong six months ago from a family holiday in Sri Lanka, allegedly after suffering abuse and renouncing Islam, which carries the death penalty in Saudi Arabia. It's understood their passports have been cancelled and they can only stay in Hong Kong until next Thursday. Robert Kemp has more. In a statement, Hong Kong police said they had received two separate reports in early September last year. One was made by an expatriate man, which was later classified as missing person located, and the other was made by two expatriate women, which was later classified as request for police investigation. Police said the latter was now being followed up by crime, New Territory South. Reports say the pair, who are 18 and 20 and go under the aliases of Reem and Rawan, had arrived in Hong Kong on September the 6th. They found their connecting flight to Australia had been cancelled, and it is then that the alleged Saudi consular staff attempted to place them on a flight to Riyadh. RTHK has contacted the Saudi Arabian Consulate General for comment, but hasn't received a reply yet. Meanwhile, the Immigration Department says it won't comment on individual cases. Designing Hong Kong's Paul Zimmerman says a recent public consultation on whether private sports clubs should pay more for the land they rent should have focused on how relevant these clubs are for Hong Kong. He says it's fantastic to have membership clubs because they build and maintain sporting facilities and take the sport into the communities by training youngsters. But he said some clubs, such as the Hong Kong Country Club, merely provide wining and dining facilities to a selected few. I think clubs where relevance is a problem, we've seen is with the, uh, with the Hong Kong Golf Club. I mean, they fail to be relevant in society. You don't see the Hong Kong Golf Club in Tin Shuai. You don't see the Hong Kong Golf Club in Tung Chung. You don't see them in Chang Kwan You don't see them out in society teaching and training kids to become golfers and then be set up to do that. They have the resources. They have the manpower. They got the land. They got the money. But you don't see them out being relevant in society other than just on a very elitist level. 
Deputy Police Commissioner Winnie Chu has been formally appointed to take up the post of Ombudsman starting from April. She'll serve a five-year term and will succeed the outgoing Watchdogs Chief Connie Lau. Ms. Chu, who is the first female Deputy Police Chief in Hong Kong, was originally going to retire from the force in August. She has more than 35 years' experience in the police. Local news outlet HK01 have sacked over 70 staff, but say it has nothing to do with the company's financial position. The web-based media group says staff who have been instantly dismissed include employees in the video production and contents team, comprising around 9% of all their 800 staff. It added that the sacking doesn't mean the company is running out of money and it plans to recruit more staff after reorganizing. Education sector lawmaker Yip Kin Yun says any expansion of the current sister school scheme must consider the extra workload it would impose on teachers who are already under a lot of pressure. He was responding to plans in the Greater Bay Area Development Blueprint for schools to further expand their networks across the border. The sister school scheme that's already been in place here for many years serves as a platform to facilitate exchange and cooperation between Hong Kong and mainland schools. Currently, around 500 primary and secondary schools have joined the sister school scheme. I would suggest we have to make sure that all the things would be affordable for the teachers because the teachers are already having very heavy workload for the time being. Any kind of new system, school plan and its uh, exchange programs will bring about a lot of uh, work pressure. The government is inviting tenders for an elevated pedestrian footbridge in Yunlong, which was at the center of a controversy over its original price tag and design. Engulfed in controversy, critics have called the $1.7 billion bridge extravagant and unwanted, and strong opposition in LegCo forced the government to shelve its funding request last year. Now, the government says it will ask for funding again after the tender results are out in hopes of lowering the project's costs and improve its design. Work is set to start in July and is expected to take 50 months. The district court has convicted a female bus driver of causing grievous bodily harm by dangerous driving after the bus she drove plowed into the scene of an earlier traffic accident on Chunwan Road in 2017, causing a man to fall from a 14-meter high bridge. Vicky Lam, the 46-year-old defendant, had contested the charges, saying she merely lost concentration for two or three seconds and should be charged with careless driving instead. She also claimed her vision was blocked by strong light from a tow truck at the scene. However, the judge didn't accept this and added that the bus had shown no sign of slowing even through, even though warning lights were on display. The victim suffered multiple bone fractures and remains partially paralyzed and wheelchair-bound. The financial secretary is expected to allocate $500 million to renovate more than 200 public toilets around Hong Kong when he announces his budget proposals next Wednesday. But trade unionists have already said that's not enough and called for a pay rise for toilet cleaners who earn an average monthly salary of $9,000. Unionists say the government should offer a subsidy to these workers to compensate them for the unpleasant nature of the work. A new study by the UN shows that declining biodiversity caused by farming practices and climate change is threatening the future of the global food system. The BBC's Matt McGrath reports. Despite the world's rapidly growing population, this new report points out that we are relying on an ever smaller number of foodstuffs. While around 6,000 plant species are cultivated for eating, just nine account for 66% of total crop production. Only a handful of livestock species are the source of the vast majority of our meat, milk and eggs. 
But many of these species, both wild and domestic, that provide us with food, fuel and fibre are under growing threat or declining. Driving these losses are a number of familiar issues, including land use change, rising temperatures and pollution. Scientists say they've rediscovered what's believed to be the largest living species of bee in Indonesia's North Maluka Islands. The BBC's Helen Briggs reports. Known as Wallace's giant bee, the insect is four times bigger than an average honeybee with large beetle-like jaws. After days of searching, wildlife experts came across a single specimen in the dense forest of a little explored island. They say it's breathtaking to see this flying bulldog of an insect, which they weren't sure even existed. Now they have real proof in the wild. They're calling for improved conservation measures for the bee, which relies on forests to survive. Venezuela has closed its border with Brazil on the orders of the embattled president, Nicolas Maduro, to prevent the delivery of aid, mainly from the United States. Mr. Maduro views opposition plans to deliver the supplies as a prelude to U.S. military intervention. He said he was also considering shutting the border with Colombia, from where the BBC's Orla Guerin reports. For Venezuela's opposition and for President Nicolas Maduro, the battleground is moving to the Colombian border. Pallets of U.S. aid are ready and waiting here, with children's toothbrushes, tinned food and medical supplies. The opposition leader, Juan Guaido, has promised to get the aid into Venezuela on Saturday, but has not said how. He has urged his supporters to converge on the border. President Maduro's troops are in position with orders to stop them. The stage is set for confrontation. It was reported weeks ago that the U.S. actor Jesse Smollett has been the victim of a horrific attack. He said two men attacked him, shouted racial and homophobic abuse, threw bleach and tied a noose around his neck. But now police have charged him with making the entire thing up. The Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson has been speaking to reporters. This announcement today recognizes that Empire actor Jesse Smollett took advantage of the pain and anger of racism to promote his career. I'm left hanging my head and asking why. Why would anyone, especially an African-American man, use the symbolism of a noose to make false accusations? The Japanese space probe Hayabusa 2 has landed on an asteroid four years after setting off from Earth. The probe immediately began the process of taking samples of the diamond-shaped asteroid called Ryugo, which is about one kilometer wide. The BBC's Rupert Wingfield-Hayes reports from Tokyo. This appears to be a remarkable success for Japan's Hayabusa 2 and the country's space program. The 600-kilogram spacecraft had to fire its thrusters and gently touch down on an area of the asteroid just three meters wide with the commands coming from 300 million kilometres away on Earth. Hayabusa 2 is then reported to have deployed its onboard gun to fire into the surface of the asteroid and collect samples of the rock thrown up by the impact. A rocket carrying an Israeli spacecraft has taken off from Cape Canaveral in the United States on the world's first privately funded mission to the moon. The spaceship, which is named Bereshit, is due to touch down on the lunar surface in April. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Amos. Bereshit means in the beginning in Hebrew, and the Space IL team behind the probe believes it can be the genesis of a new wave of moon ventures. The only spacecraft so far to have touched down softly on the lunar surface have been from big government agencies, such as NASA. This mission, on the other hand, has been funded by private donation and sponsorship. 
is going to try to land on a lava plain in the northern hemisphere, take some pictures and magnetic measurements, and then hop to a new location to carry out the same activities. Currencies: the U.S. dollar is trading at 110.78 yen. The euro is standing at one U.S. dollar is 13 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 22 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,533. That's 88 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at 52 billion dollars. Sports: here's Adam Joe. We start with football's Europa League, where Arsenal and Chelsea are both safely through to the last 16 of the competition. Arsenal enjoyed a comfortable second leg victory over Bate Borisov at the Emirates. The Gunners were trailing one nil from the first leg in Belarus, but they came through at home, winning three nil on the night. Here's their manager Una Emery. It's a good, good test today, a good challenge. I think、uh, we can be happy today with、uh, our idea continuing in, in this competition with a、uh, next next way and and, and finding. Good news also for Chelsea, who beat Swedish side Malmo three nil at Stamford Bridge to go through five one on aggregate. Chelsea boss Maurizio Sarri says it took a while for his team to get going. Well, I think that we played the first thirty minutes、uh, without confidence,、uh, nervous.、Uh, We are. We were unable to to move the ball very very fast. That、uh, we we were in trouble on、uh, their pressing. Then、uh, a little bit better in the last 15 minutes of the first half, and then I think、uh, after the first goal,、uh, very well, very well. We started、uh, to move the ball very very fast with confidence,、uh, very well. But、uh, it wasn't easy for us、uh, to play this match, of course. And so I can understand my players、uh, for the first thirty minutes. Also in the Europa League, Valencia knocked out Scottish champions Celtic, Salzburg, Benfica, Napoli, and Zenit Saint Petersburg all made it through with aggregate wins. Bayer Leverkusen of Germany are out. Now the American sportswear giant Nike is in damage control after a college basketball star suffered a knee injury when his shoe shredded during a high-profile match. Duke forward Zion Williamson was injured 33 seconds into a rivalry game against North Carolina. He was dribbling on his team's first possession when he planted his left foot, and his sneaker blew apart. His foot burst through the bottom of his shoe. He left the game with a knee sprain, and Duke lost 88 to 72. Williamson is expected to be the number one pick in this year's NBA draft, and has been dubbed the next LeBron James. The game was attended by Barack Obama and was televised on ESPN. Nike said in a statement that it was concerned and wished Williamson a speedy recovery. It also said it was working to identify the issue. And that's your look at sports. The news from RTHK.